Welcome to the Every Nation Dorado Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. Amen. So we're going to have great fun um, in the third service. We're going to have great joy in the Lord in the third service. We're going to have great worship in the third service. For those of you who enjoyed the worship, we thank the Lord that we can praise Him. And I want to encourage you to not, start, to, not, to, to not stop praising the Lord. Do not stop using your words um, because it is, has the power of life and death. So we're in this series called Great Faith. And we started last week and we spoke about the Hebrew believers. And, and to sum it up, not to sum it up, but part of it says we do not shrink back. They faced mighty persecution, but we do not shrink back. We are not of those who shrink back. And I'm confident in my heart to say this year, I am I'm confident in the Lord that you can walk with Him in 2019, not taking one step backwards, but only steps forward, only steps higher. But it is your faith, your great faith in the Lord that will take you to the new dimensions with Him. So this evening, we're going to talk about great faith. But we're going to talk about great faith. How to maintain your great faith in the the mundane, the ordinary, the dull, the tedious, the the good, the bad, the nice, the not-so-nice routines of life. How do you maintain great faith in the ordinary things of life, the mundane things of life? How do you do that? How do you do that? Because you see, we often in our heads have this idea of what it looks like to have great faith. And we, we use these phrases to say, I want to go deeper with the Lord. Or, or I, I, I said here that there must be something more. We, we have these ideas and say, if we can achieve this, if, if we can just fulfill this thing, what's in my mind. Or, or you, maybe you look at me or some of us who work for the church and say, yes, if I can just be like you and work for the Lord every day, then I have achieved my great faith. I have achieved my life's purpose. But what we do when we say these type of words is that we, we disqualify those areas of life that, that are actually pleasing to the Lord. Like there's more to it than just these, these things, these big things in life. So we always talk about great faith for great things. But what about the mundane things? What about the ordinary things? that you go through in life. And then we look at these great faith heroes that we see in Hebrews 11. Abraham, Noah, Moses. All next to their names, Noah built this ark. Magnificent work. Abraham, crazy man, leaves everything. Doesn't know where he's going. I've left my house twice, but I always knew where I went. I've never done it blindfolded and say, Lord, Pick up and I went into the street and saying, Lord, now you need to lead me. Imagine that. Imagine Moses saying, I'd rather be afflicted. i rather, I don't want to enjoy the pleasures of Egypt. But he leads his people out of Egypt and move them to where God wants them. All these big things. But this evening, we're going to look at an interesting man. A man that I, I, I had to spend hours and trying to pull out of Scripture what this man is about because we only have three verses on him and it's Enoch. 
But Enoch made the list of people who had great faith. But we only have three verses of him. But there must be something about Enoch's life that the Hebrew wrote noticed and said, this man made it. Now, we do not know a lot about Enoch, um, especially us in this time, because but there is also a book on Enoch that never made the canon, it never made scripture. So maybe in it, I don't know if it explains more, I've never seen it, I've never uh, read it, I don't know how true or not true that, that book is. But it was written, it was good at that time. But all we have, all, all that I know, is that what we have of Enoch is crucial for us to know. Because what he had, he didn't have a Noah experience. He didn't do did something that Moses did. He didn't do what Abraham did. So eliminate all the big things. He did something so simple, so consistent, so devoted, that he made it into Hebrews 11. And so... Where I want you to open your Bible is at a Hebrews 11, verse 5 and 6. That is our main scripture for this evening. Hebrews 11, verse 5 and 6. And just keep your hand there, and then your other finger, you open Genesis 5, verse 22 to 24. Hebrews 11, verse 5 to 6, that is our main passage. And then Genesis verse 22 to 24. So we're going to look at this book, Hebrews. Um, we, we do know about the book that the writer wrote to the second generation Christians. Uh, Hebrews 2 verse 3 explains that and says, we have those who heard from the Lord, we heard from them. And, and what he what, what, what the writer motivates them, he, 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 what he motivates them in, in three areas. He, exhort, he exhorts them in three areas. He says, hold fast to your confession, endure your circumstances, and look to your reward. Now, in the simple things, in the mundane things of life, those, those three exhortations still stand. Hold fast to your confession, endure the race, and look to your reward. It is easier to endure a bigger thing than a smaller thing. So what you do with the smaller thing, you label it small and you shove it to the side. You're not enduring it. You've given up on it. And so what we want to do is we want to hold fast to our confession, endure our circumstances, small or big, and we want to look to our reward. And I believe that is exactly, that is exactly what Enoch did. That's exactly why he's in the book. Because that is exactly what Enoch did. And I'll explain to you a bit about him. So the audience of Hebrews are, are unsolved mystery. We do not know, but we, we look at the book and say it's possible that it was, it was written to Jews. That's not possible. It was written to Jews. And they were Christians. Um, and they were facing persecution. Why I mentioned that, uh, they were actually facing the danger of falling away and facing persecution, right? So why I'm mentioning that, they were Christians. They were Christians, right? We are Christians. We are 
from the, the book of Hebrew is so relevant to us, even though we are not Jewish, because we, are, as the Nubian nation, we are Christians for years. And we're no religion, we know what religion We should watch out that when we abandon the mundane things of life and we do not give them the great faith we should, that we watch out that we don't fall away. People do not fall away from the faith merely because great things happened in their life. It is the small things that start pushing us. It is the little foxes that get you bitten. And we want to look and say, let's not fall away, but let us hold fast to our confession and persevere. And so we will look at Enoch and see what impression he left on the Hebrew writers. All we know about Enoch is that he lived, I think, 365 years. We know about his father. We know that he walked with God. And we know that he was not. Enoch never died. Him and Elijah just never died. They never saw death. The way we're going to see death, they never saw it. They don't know what it feels like when people have a funeral for them. They are unaware of those circumstances. But Enoch died. So how do you, sorry, he did not die. So how do you maintain great faith, not faith, great faith in the mundane things of life? We have to look at Enoch's first step. What was the first thing we see Enoch did? Genesis 5, verse 22 to 24 gives us that answer. It says to us in verse 24, Enoch walked with God. After that Methuselah, 300 years and he had other sons and daughters, thus all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Enoch walked with God and he was not, for God took him. So what we see is that Enoch walked with God and the word after does imply that before he didn't walk with God. So there was a stage in his life where he didn't, and after this, after he fathered Methuselah, after he, fathered Methuselah he walked with God for 300 years. But what's impressive about this verse, in, 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 in three verses, in three verses, twice they emphasize Enoch walked with God. Enoch walked with God. He was not, we are unsure of what that means. I'll try to explain it right at the end. But the, the emphasis is here is that Enoch walked with God. So he certainly had a relationship with God that is to be desired. Three, two times in three verses it says Enoch walked with God. But what does that mean? What does it mean for you? mean for me to walk with God. What it means is to involve God in, in His will in all areas of life. Imagine you walk with a friend. If I tell you to walk with me to the gate, no, let's take it further than the gate. If I tell you to walk with me around the block, me and you are friends, what happens on that journey? We share our communication. We have communion. We can share moments together. A shoot star can come and I say, whoa, look at that. Something can happen in front of us. We can see that. We can share this. We can delight in things together. 
we can have mutual decision making. You know, we can decide uh, where to go. We can decide which routes to take, which routes not to take. We can have a dialogue. We can have much delight. We can have intimacy while we are walking. And we find people in our life that we can walk with. Think of these people. And it's like you don't even take the time. Maybe it's your best friend. Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe whoever it's your cousin. Whoever it may. Maybe a colleague. But just if you're just with them, you don't care anymore about time. You just walk. And you guys are just walking together and enjoying life. Now, obviously, you... I, I, I enjoy the people I, I enjoy most spending time with is when I, when I can learn something. So when I can sit and I can ask questions, I can hear, I, I truly forget about time. Because I just enjoy that, that communication, that intimacy. What I do there, I just forget about time and I just enjoy what this person, how they can sharpen me and what I can learn and how can I become more like Christ. And you see, we want to walk with God in the big events of life. But what about the small things? What about when you go to work? What about when you sit here? Can you sit here and, you, and you're aware that you're sitting here with God? When, you, when, you, when you're hanging your clothes, I, I told you, Anna, this other day I was hanging my clothes and I was saying, Lord, I'm so grateful that I can hang my clothes. I'm so grateful, Lord, that I can, every day I can put on new clothes. Do you walk with God when you cook? When you walk, do you walk with God when you, when, you, when, you, when you wash dishes? Do you walk with God when you make your bed? Do you walk with God when you, when you drink, when you eat? Are you busy walking with God? Because Corinthians tells us that. Corinthians says to us, 1 Corinthians 10, it says to whether you eat or drink. Can I, if, if I give you this, this bottle, can you drink it? To the glory of God? Can you drink it as you are aware that you're here with your friend Jesus? Can you drink it? Can you drink it and say, Lord, I'm drinking it to please you. I'm drinking it for your glory. Can you sit here and say, I'm sitting here, Lord, because I'm your friend. Because I want to walk with you in this year. I don't want to miss you in the small moments. I think about great moments in my life. By the grace of God, I will have two great moments in my life this year. But what about the rest of my life? The rest of my life is the mundane things. It's the ordinary day. It's the daily disciplines. It's the ordinary life. In those things, are you walking with God? Are you walking with God? And one or two things, two things. One t- at times we cannot say we confidently walk with God because we are busy with things we shouldn't be. We cannot, we, we don't want to confidently say we're, we're walking with God because what you're watching on your iPad is so much. We cannot, we, we cannot please God when we, when, we, when, we, when, we, when we watch TV because what we watch. We cannot, we cannot walk with God. We cannot be aware of God's presence when we listen to music. Music doesn't glorify Him. Or secondly, we have just become so familiar with life so familiar with the ordinary mundane things that we forget God is present in that moment as well. You see, God says in, 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 in Exodus 50 verse 5, For I, the Lord your God, is a jealous God. I want 
all of I don't want just to do great things in your life. I want you in the ordinary things of life. I want to walk with you in the ordinary things. I want to walk with you when you hold your spouse's hand. I want you to know I'm there. You know when you're struggling, when, you, when, you, when you're writing in, Joanna Secuis, when she's typing in the numbers into the computer, can she say, Lord, I'm doing this to walk when I walk. I'm walking with you. When you make that sale, when you go to school, when you go to campus, when you design, I'm not sure what your occupation are, but are you aware? Are you walking with God? The next time you go to a coffee with your friend, take your friend God along. Say, God, I want to go to this coffee with you. I want to bring you. I want to be with you. I want to be aware of you. Pastor Ilma said it so well this morning that walking with God is cultivating the presence of God in your life. It is not weird. It is there. He's present. Sometimes He manifests, but, but He's always there. Living in your car, He's there. But the question is, are you aware of Him? Are you aware of Him in those moments? Are you aware of Him if you're sitting now and listening to this message and you're taking notes and saying, Lord, I, I just thank You that I can be here with You and taking these notes. See, it's a tragedy to see that some of us as Christians, man, we confess so much, but we walk so little. What we say and what we walk is in direct opposition to each other. That walk leads straight to destruction. You see, we need to walk with God. And the question I ask you is that, are you seeking to walk with God even in the ordinary things of life? Diana, stand here. Could the drummer sit there? Could the keyboarder sit here and say, I'm walking. Now I'm here with God. Not for these people. I'm pressing that button. I'm, 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 I'm singing on key to praise God. And may it be said of us when we walk with God, may it be said of us what was said in Acts 4 verse 13. Uh, 4 verse 13. And they recognized that these people were with Jesus. When you walk in the ordinary things of life, putting your children to sleep, feeding them, loving your spouse, doing your work, reading your books, reading TV, watching soccer. I'm going to see how tonight, tonight I'm going to watch a soccer game and I'm going to, I'm going to see how I'll do it to the glory of God. <laughs> but I want, to, I want to say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for these guys' giftings. But you've given them to play that soccer and, and they entertain. Be them, be aware that God is with me. See, and I want, I want to walk my life, and I want people to recognize and say, man, did you see Philip? Man, he's been with Jesus. He's been walking with Jesus. I want, I want it to be emphasized the same way it was emphasized about Enoch, that people cannot speak three sentences about me to not twice say, man, he has been with Jesus. He's been with Jesus. You see, God, Jesus says in, in, the, in the Gospels that, let your light shine before others so that your Father in heaven may be glorified. Let your light shine or let your word shine. No, let your action, let your life shine so that your Father, let your walk, let the presence of the Lord be so present with you that you're just, people are looking at you. People are looking. You're looking at Pastor Christian and say, oh Lord, I, 
I just want to praise you. I once, there was a family who hosted me here in Namibia. It was one of my first visits to Namibia when I, when I came alone. And, and every night on the table, the, the way the, the husband was conducting the, the family dinner was in a way that I, that I went to my room and I said, Lord, I praise you for this family. I, I, I want my family to, one day when I have a family, I want my family to be raised like that. They bring God in, they bring God into those meals. Seeing Him, acknowledging in everything that they do. And may our walking be like that. Not in the great things, merely, but in both in the great and both ordinary life. Doing your work, doing your off day, reading your book. May you be aware that God is with you. But if we're walking with God, what is the main aim of walking with God? Or in other terms, what is the main aim of life? And now we are shifting to Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11 verse 5 tells us the main aim when we are walking with God. This is the reason to exist. It says to us in, in verse 5, it's on the screen, By faith Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death, and he was not found because God had taken him. Now before he was taken, he was commended, applauded, recognized as someone as having pleased God. The King James Version says, I, I'm not saying it exact words, but it says that he had a testimony. He, he, had a, he had a testimony. So where it says he was commended, it says he had a testimony, meaning he had evidence. He could give you life events, life moments of saying, this is where I walk with God, and this is where I pleased God. So when is God not pleased? In Romans 8 verse 8, it says to us, those who walk in the flesh cannot please God. It is impossible. Possible. It is not possible. You can have faith, but if you're in the flesh, no. You're not pleasing God. So what does it mean to please God? What does it mean? Yes, what does it mean? Sorry, what does it mean to please God? It means to gratify entirely. What it means to please God is to gratify God entirely. So not just in the great things, but you please Him in the mundane things, the ordinary things. So like I said, can you drink these things like Corinthians say, whether you eat, whether you drink, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. So if I give you this, can you say, Lord, I'm going to drink this water in a way that pleases you? Can you read your book? Can you read your Bible? And say, Lord, I want to read your word and I, I want to walk with you in your word and I, I want to walk by faith and I, I want to please you when I read this. You see, this is the goal of all believers, is to please God. Let me give you other words for please God. It's to honor God. It's to glorify God. This is, this is, this is our whole Every Nation movement. We, we exist to honor God. So what we say is when you wake up tomorrow morning, one, Lord, I want to please you. Today, I want to please you. And I remember, let me, before I go into that story, 
Psalms 147 verse 11 says to us, The Lord takes pleasure in those. The Lord is pleased. The Lord takes pleasure. The Lord gets glory. The Lord is gratified, is happy in, in those, in the people who fear Him. In those who hope in His steadfast love. The Lord takes pleasure in you that has awe and reverence for His name. The Lord takes pleasure in you obeying. The Lord takes pleasure. It says, if you are my friend, obey me. If you want to be, if you love me, obey me. Don't obey me, love me, and then obey me. So he says the Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him, in those who have reference and awe, in those who say, Lord, I do not want to do anything. I do not want to be anywhere. I do not want to watch anything. I do not want to drink anything. I don't want to go anywhere. I don't want to work anywhere where I'm not able to say, Lord, I want to please you. I will please you. And if you're confident to walk with God in ungodly places, walk in, but take Him with and say, Lord, I'll please you. There. I'm not advocating for going into ungodly places, but I'm saying take Him then with. Don't leave Him by the door. Read your book and say, Lord, I want to please you. I have reverence and awe for your name. I fear you. Not one step of my life I want to be left or right from you center. I want every step to say, Lord, I pleased you. Lord, I pleased you. Once we were in Okahanya, and after the worship, I was preaching, after I was worshiping, and Shalta and the team, sorry, and, and, and after, the, after the sermon, this word is stuck with me. I'm not sure which Okahanya trip this was of us, but her prayer, Shalta's words that she prayed stuck with me. After the sermon, she, after the sermon, she gathered us all and she said, Lord, I hope you were pleased with that. I hope, I, I, she said, Father, I hope you received the pleasure. I hope you received the glory. I hope it was you. I hope it wasn't us, God. I hope it, it was, we didn't have the center, us, Lord. I hope it was you. I know stuck with me and saying, Lord, is is every area of my life, can I lift up pleasure to the Lord? Can I lift up His praise and say, Lord, take this. Please receive this. Lord, please, please get rid of me, Lord. As John says, I must become less and He must become more. And, and can I say that and say, Lord, please, 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 please just take more. I don't want. Please take more. And so that day when she prayed that, man, it just stuck with me. And said, God, I, I'm supposed to walk with you. And I'm supposed to please you. That's my goal. That's my end. And I, I don't want you to be fooled because I work for the church that I can, I can miss pleasing God. I can miss it. I have come into this office, this very office, weeks. And then I come to a, a realization and say, Lord, I've, I've been so unaware of you. It is so possible because I become so familiar and I lose the awe. 
I lose the reverence. I lose the fear. I lose the steadfast love and say, Lord, I am here in this office because you are sustaining me. And I forget about that. And we look at the last point as I, yeah, last point. Let me not say I'm closing. Um, Otherwise, (laughs) I'll be closing for the next few minutes. Um, So how do we please God? If we're supposed to walk with God, we're supposed to please Him in the ordinary. Man, get about your big things now. The ordinary. Don't miss the ordinary things. If you have the ordinary things, how do you please Him? Verse 6 answers that question. And it says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Please Him. For whoever would draw near to God. So whoever, if you want to draw near to God, here's two things you need to do. You must believe that He exists. And secondly, that, that He rewards. King James says that He's a rewarder those of those who seek Him. So without faith, how do you walk with God and how do you please God by faith? By having great faith and say, Lord, in faith, I'm putting my children to sleep. By faith, I'm reading your word. By faith, I'm going to watch soccer tonight. By faith, I'm reading your, a book. By faith, I'm putting on these chairs, oh, my, my, <laughs> chairs on my feet, shoes. <laughs> By faith, you're sitting here. By faith, you're going to climb into a car or a taxi and go home. And for you to do that, you need to believe in the existence of God. Not merely in the existence that He exists, but He exists in the mundane routines of life. He is there when you drink the water. He is present and He rewards those who seek Him. Let me try to give some assumption or some way of why Enoch never died. It says that you should believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. The reward, if I'm, no, can't say if I'm correct. I know I'm correct here. The reward here is if you believe in Jesus, you will never see death. You will never see death. The same way Enoch never saw the grave. You will never see death when you have faith in God. You will not see it. Your reward is eternal life. Your reward is being in the presence of the Lord all the day of your life and beyond. You will not taste death. That doesn't mean you're not going to die. Let me use a high number after 120 years. Um, it doesn't mean that. But it means when you go down there, you, know, you have not died. We have just buried your flesh. You are living. And you are more alive than you have been before. So how do you please God? It's by having great faith that God exists in the mundane things of life. And you hold on the same way the writer of Hebrews exhorted the, the Hebrews and say, hold, look to your reward. 
Hold fast to your confession. Endure the faith. And you will be like Enoch. Almost to say, and never see death. Enoch lived half the years of his peers. So why did he never die? I'm not sure. But maybe it's to give us an example. To say that when we walk with God, when we please God, when we don't go without because then we're not pleasing is that you will never see death. You will never see death. And I am confident to say this evening, that if we want to take no step backwards, do not merely focus on the great things, but on the ordinary disciplines of life, the ordinary routines of life. When you lead the next meeting, take the Lord in it. When you sit at your desk tomorrow morning, take the Lord with you. If you climb into that taxi, take the Lord. If you're going to read tonight, if you're going to watch soccer with me tonight, take the Lord with. When you're fast, you know, fasting, as we are fasting, it's relevant for me to say this point, but it's many people fast, non-religious people fast. So if you're not taking the, the Lord with when you fast, you're basically prideful. Saying, I can do this. I have self-reliance. I can go without food. Look at me. You're not pleasing God because it's not been done in faith. You have not been walking with God. And you see, all of this concludes to say that you do not nearly have to be a Noah. You don't have to be an Abraham. All that it got to please God, to make it in Hebrews 11 in the Hall of Fame is because He walked with God. Your life purpose is to walk with God, is to please God and believe Him, that He exists in all your life and He's going to reward you with eternal life. And imagine Enoch. Imagine Enoch. In those days they had Still the, 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 the temple and all those things. Imagine now. The New Testament says, who is the temple? Moses spoke to the Lord face to face. The Lord is in you. When you open your mouth, you're talking to Him face to face. He is in you. He made it a greater intimacy that anyone can experience. It's the new covenant. You can have more of Him. Nobody has to usher you into the presence of the Lord. You are with it. Be aware of it. Cultivate it. And know that He is with you. Jesus came to die so that you can walk with Him. So that you can please Him. And so that you can believe in Him and have everlasting life. So I want us to stand and I want to pray for us. Especially if you have felt that I have abandoned God in the mundane, the ordinary, the tedious. I don't like some of these things. And therefore I don't even bother to take the Lord along anymore. So let's just close our eyes. And, and if that is you, I, I want you to speak to Him first before I pray and if you, have, if you have left God, 
You have only trusted Him for the great things. You have only trusted Him for, for bad times. You have trusted Him for big things. Always, there are big things, Lord. But you have not trusted Him in, in eating your food and putting your children to bed and reading a book and going to work. I want you, I want you to tell Him, I, I, I want to walk. I want to please you. And I, I believe you exist in all areas of my life. Let me just give you a moment. as I, I feel compelled to say, Lord, that we, as the people, Lord, here present tonight, Lord, will not take one step backwards, God. We will take steps forwards and upwards. God, I thank you that we will invite you, God, into the ordinary things of life, God. Those moments we hate doing, Lord. We just don't enjoy those things that we have to do. But Lord, we'll take you along, God, and, and we will sing praises to your name. God, we will love those things we don't like to you and say, God, get out of this. And so, Lord, we invite you into all areas of our life, saying, Lord, only steps forward and no step backward, Lord. We do not shrink back. That is not who we are. That is not our identity, Lord. But we are highly blessed and favored, God. God, as that song said, we are loved by you, and that is just who we are, Lord. We are standing here because you have made a way, Lord. So I, I, I'm not going to ask any of anybody to raise a hand, but I just want to ask you and exhort you like the writer in Hebrews said and said, walk with God in the mundane, in the ordinary things of life. Do not miss Him because He's there. Do not shrink back. Do not, do not be on the edge of falling away of the faith because you have not invited Him into the very small things of your life and you thought He's no longer there because you're only trusting Him for these big things that happens now and occasionally in your life. And the rest of the time you think He's absent. And so God, I thank you that all of us will cultivate an awareness of your presence. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are present. You are comfortable. A reminder, a reminder of your Lord. Then I lastly pray this anybody, as we cannot opportun uh, miss an opportunity of anybody coming to faith, if there is anybody of you who says, I am currently presently, as I'm standing here, not walking with God, then I want you to raise your hand or, and come to the front. Just raise your hand at first if there's anybody. So let me close by us in prayer. Lord, we want to do three things. We want to walk with you. We want to please you. And we want to believe you. God, we will have great faith in the big things of life, but also in our ordinary lives, God. Waking up tomorrow morning, reading your word, fasting, reading our books, enjoying friendships, enjoying family, enjoying the pleasures of life, God, we will do it with you. 
So God, I thank you that from now on forward, none of us here, Lord, will miss you. God, I ask you for your protection, God, against the devil's schemes. God, as his main target is to get us unaware and disconnected from you. And we will not allow that, Lord. From young to old, we will not allow that, Lord. Because you are greater, Lord. Great is you that are in us, God. And we are who in the world, Lord. You are great. God, bless us. Bless our week to come. Father, I thank you for revelation of you in this week. Lord, I thank you that our walk will only go forward and deeper, higher. So God, I thank you that families will be blessed, God. Blessed. They will please you, Lord. Singles, young people, young adults, youth, everybody, Lord. doesn't matter the age. We'll believe and give you glory. God, be with us. Be our shield. And God, may we honor you and advance your kingdom in this, year, in, 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 in this week to come, Lord. God, I pray that next week when we come, we bring people along, Lord, because we want people to walk with you, to please you, and to believe in you this year. So give us a boldness. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit envintook.org.